Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Of the Comics, by the Comics, for the Comics. Very excited about this week's episode. Uh, we have an amazing group of performers who all happen to be female uh, joining us for today's episode. And uh, the topic today uh, in general is going to be what it's like being a female in the world of comedy. And we're going to hear some wonderful experiences and stories and lessons learned and uh, and seeing how we have such amazing people. We have uh, Mary Gallagher. We have Angel Gaines, we have Jesse Marino and our host for today's episode, a very special guest host who I'm so excited to have run the show today is the amazing Miss Tammy Pescatelli. So uh, that's all you're going to hear from me, everyone. Enjoy the show. Tammy, uh, it's all yours. Well, thank you, Pat. Thanks for having us. Uh, ladies, I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, I don't know how good of a, a job I'm going to do with this, but let's just, <laughs> we'll just have a little kiki. Let's just pretend that no one's listening. And you know, just feel free. Uh, everyone who knows me, Justine and I are close. Uh, you know that I really don't have a filter unless it's for a photo. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I think we're just going to talk about a few things because look, ultimately, yeah, we happen to be women. But that was it. When I started, it was at a time that if you were a woman, there were only about 20 of us all in the entire comedy industry. So I know every woman and they almost pitted us against each other. But if you became friends with someone, it was almost in spite because a comedy club would pit you against, tell you how the other one was female, was funny or wasn't funny. And I love to see this camaraderie among this new group of women. I want to know from you guys, when you first decided to be comedians, did you think about, do I want to be a comic or in your head, did you say, I want to be a female comic? Truthfully, what did you say? I'll, I'll just go to you. I'll just go. I'll, we'll just go around. Mary, what do you think? I thought I wanted to be a comic and I probably also imagined myself as a man. Right, right. For real. Like we just wanted yeah. to be funny. What about you, Angel? What? Um, when I started, I started in college, right? And it was I'll never forget '94, and I was the only uh, comedian really on on campus at the time. And everybody else was like in the boys' club doing what they call cup and saucer open mics. So oh. it wasn't. I wasn't even invited. <laughs> it was like. A, <laughs> So what was great about that was I honestly never, um, never even decided if I was going to be a comedian. I thought that I, I, I had imposter syndrome. I thought that they were going to be like, we're going to find out this girl is really not a professional comic. It wasn't until I started getting the gigs and started getting known around campus that the newspaper labeled me comedian. And I just accepted that. But I think further down my career, it took me a long time to accept that title as comedian because of it being such a boys club. And they made it seem like one of them had to knight you and validate who you are and validate your funny. Like you had to be almost like claimed, you know, I and I didn't have that. So get that. how about Justine? So I got into stand up a little bit differently because when I came out to L.A., it was for acting and I actually started comedy and improv, which there are a lot more girls in improv. So right. I think because I dipped my toes in there, I didn't even really think about 
being a female comic. It was just a comic. And, and to be honest, I, someone just suggested I take a stand up class just cause I was actually waiting to go through some of the upper levels at the groundling school, which is a, a big improv school here in LA. And so I was actually just doing it like as a fun break from improv, like, Oh, let me just dip my toes in here. And then it just stuck. I was like, Oh, this is a way better fit for me. So I don't even think it was so organic. I never even really had the thought of like, oh, I'm going to become a comic. It was, you know, people had said that to me and I was kind of like, that's for old dudes, you know, like well, that. Yeah, exactly. So I think I had that thought. And then when I tried it, I never thought that it would take. And then it did. So then I just went with it and kind of saw where it took me. But it is definitely, you know, at very soon into it you get the like this next comic is a lady coming to the stage for me when I started it was the weirdest thing I was a huge comedy fan Mm -hmm. and I was actually going to a comedy club and working at one because I had nothing to do for the summertime I was I had an internship in the fall and my parents had moved to a new a new city so I got a job working at a comedy club and literally a woman came through and I, she was young. I had never seen her before. And there were women on TV, but at that time there were very few women on TV. And when they were on, they talked about their husbands and their facelifts, which is exactly where I am in my career right now. (laughs) (laughs) I saw this young girl and I was like, wow, can I do that? I can do that. That's so it's interesting to me to see a younger generation that comes up through this. We had to, downplay our sexuality a lot of us Mm. if you wanted to be taken seriously I used to wear two bras yes I used to be what I they considered like I called it the lesbian comedian uniform at the time because (laughs) a vest and a t-shirt and a big jacket and you know you just didn't you tried to downplay it I'm, I'm 24 years old you know I mean I'm young I'm the only one that's of that age running around with all the guys they never put three females on a show what about you guys have you found that you're I mean Justine you're half a supermodel have you found (laughs) that your sexuality has hindered you guys at all or or do you feel in this new female age of comedy you have to be sexy in order to be funny so so I'm gonna jump in just because I really relate to what you're saying I wore a blazer with elbow patches when I started and immediately I was like I'm not gonna hook up with any comics I'm gonna be taken seriously I'm not gonna date any comics I I, you know I I think everyone thought I was probably celibate or a lesbian (laughs) just because I did not I was like I want to be taken seriously for my writing and for my for my stand-up, you know, a few slipped in there. It happens. But, <laughs> but I would say I. it's funny because I talk about this with a lot of my female comic friends out here. And I was, I was just at a party talking to them about it recently. It took me, I had to find my footing and find my voice as a comic before I was comfortable really being myself in terms of the way I dress and like having makeup on and, and looking a little bit sexier and more stylish. I love fashion and I love crop tops and bodysuits and, you know, sexy outfits. And I've just now gotten to the point in the past few years where I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to wear that on stage. I'm not going to wear, you know, jeans and a t-shirt and sneakers. If I, if that's not what I'm feeling, I used to feel like I needed to wear that to be taken more seriously for sure. But I think it was really about me getting more confident in my voice and who I was and just, you know, 
establishing myself within the comedy community that I felt comfortable to kind of express myself and, and my fashion sense a little bit more. I, I, I totally concur with that. I think I had to find my voice. What about, what about you, Mary? What it, are you always yourself on stage or do you feel that pressure to look, you're, you're a beautiful woman. Do you feel that pressure to be sexy now? Cause I mean, a lot of people are posing on their album covers naked. Well, truthfully, I had my album came out. Of course, that's someone probably calling to offer me a warranty for my car. <laughs> <laughs> my house phone, which I don't know why I even have anymore. <laughs> One second, guys, I got to hit pause, Pat, hit pause. <laughs> or it's my husband. Who I've told you guys about. Let me just do this. The hot people class. Hey, doing a, a podcast. What's up? <laughs> please keep that in. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, I can't hear what you're saying, but I got That's go. part of the whole show. <laughs> I love how Tammy is the exact on stage. Yeah. <laughs> well, how many times do you actually have to tell somebody this is the new part? This is why I was single till I was 37 years old. And when I was five <laughs> months pregnant, I didn't tell anybody uh, <laughs> because this is exactly why this balance is so ridiculous mm -hmm. to try to handle. But what I, I just I just love that Tammy still has a landline. Yeah, oh, right. you have to when you have a kid because a uh, school will not call a cell phone because of custody issues. Oh, so because you could not tell uh, the other person if if you like. I have my, I'm married to my husband because he won't leave. I've locked him out. So. <laughs> <laughs> will, because of custody issues, they will not call a cell phone because a mother may not tell a father if they're not together. So you mm. have to have a, at least in our school system, you have to have a landline. So mm. these people are causing such anxiety in my house because I get called for auto warranties, roofing things. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I digress. What I was going to say is when I, I dropped an album, I guess the one that I, the, a special, it was originally on Netflix and it's now, uh, it doesn't matter. I'm not advertising myself, but, anyway, <laughs> but because it was, it went up and here I am like in a, in a carnival cart, right? I'm like at a carnival in a go-kart. And literally there were four other albums out by women at the same time. And they were all naked on their album cover. And oh, then wow. three in the, in the golf cart. Hey, hey, <laughs> <laughs> you feel the pressure to be sexy with Mary? Well, I, it's interesting listening to Justine, what she just said. I realized listening to her that it changes for me. You know, I think years ago, I thought I had to find that look like like you were saying, is it the Janine Garofalo, you know, T-shirt and jeans or is it Amy Schumer in a cute dress with high heels? And I realized I'm always still kind of finding who I am in that moment. But mm -hmm. I want to tell you guys about 20 years ago. I was hosting a showcase at the improv and right. And I decided to just dress kind of very feminine that night. I had my hair and makeup done. I had kind of this cute top on and some, you know, like platform shoes, no, not my normal look, but I was feeling it. And as I walked up to the stage, a comic leaned over and said, no one is going to listen to a thing you say tonight. Yeah. And I got up on stage and, you know, the fact that I didn't immediately in that moment go, hey, everybody, guess what Peter just said? And, you know, <laughs> just address how I felt. Instead, I just held it all in and was very awkward the whole mm -hmm. night. And 
just kind of thought of this a couple of months ago. So I'm still kind of going through it all, you know, and I, I, I am just sort of getting comfortable now. I shouldn't say that I'm getting very comfortable now, but it took a very long time. Mm. Well, it's not an anomaly to see a woman on stage. So that's the beautiful part of that. Like Angel, for you, like, I mean, you, I didn't realize you started when I started in 1994 and there weren't a lot of women. So when you would, if you got on stage, that in and of itself was something. Do you, do you think that there was pressure back then or now to on your appearance? Well, two parts. For me in 94, that was when Monica and Brandy oh. and all of those styles were out and they were all boyish anyway. Mm. So I didn't have to address that then because the style was to be layered and a cap and Mary right. J and, you know, so right. I was able to do that. But I can say today I'm very conscious of presenting myself in a very sexual way, not because of the comedy and the audience, but because of the green room. Like mm -hmm. I've seen how other comics feel like they can say anything they want to a woman in comedy just because, you know, it, we don't have a union. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We don't have, who, who I'm a tail. <laughs> by, by the way, is that, oh, is that part of the thing? Do we sign up to be comics and then do we set down sexuality are we all in this camaraderie do we bring that to it or do you think they bring it to us because like what mary said that mm -hmm. would never there's nothing you could say to a guy to throw him off their game mm -hmm. at uh, walking up to stage but they have said that a million times they're not going to listen to you well how does that make a woman feel when i've worked so hard on this act you're telling me that and i will say this for years on Friday night late shows or whatever, I would hear, show me your tits, show mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. you know, it, it almost got to be a point that when it stopped happening, I felt badly about myself. <laughs> Nobody wants to see harassment. What's wrong with yeah. And then, yeah. and then, and then Tig Nataro did show everyone her tits. So it's kind of like, that was a good way to I go. Think, yeah. I think Tammy, it's an individual sport. You know, mm -hmm. it's an individual sport when we're on stage. It's an individual sport when you're in the green room and you have the right to set the boundaries that work for you. I don't mind being called difficult, a bitch. Don't say nothing to her. She don't kid like that. Blah, blah. I don't mind that. OK, right. right. But somebody else who does, I respect their space. So if I'm in the green room and that's going on. I just kind of like excuse myself or I just go in the hall or whatever it is, but I don't intrude and say, girl, you need to stand up for yourself. I don't, you know, sometimes um, women in comedy have uh, jokes or something that's aligned with sexuality and sex or something. And they may be having banter back and forth with another comic tagging it. I don't want to get in other people's business, but I set those boundaries for me. Right. Well, and I like that. That's important. I mean, I remember when I first started, staying in condos with guys. So I did, Justine, like you, I said, I'm not going to date any comics. Besides the fact I wasn't attracted to comics. I'm an athlete broad. So like, I was like, I was not looking for her. Um, but I decided that if I, since I was staying in condos, if I slept with one, I grew up with boys. I know how the conversations went. All right. Mm -hmm. I walk a room talk. I know. How, I knew that if I slept with one, I lived with a new set of guys the next week to mm -hmm. one. that if they right. wanted to go say, oh, I slept with her, I banged her, I mm -hmm. would have no recourse. What eventually began to happen for me is that when somebody said something nasty, which was very few and far between, 
other guys would then take up my cause and go, no, you didn't. Cause she doesn't date comics. Like mm. it was pretty clear. And you remember back then too, it was only a few of us on the road. So like road work, not just mm-hmm. like, at, uh, you know, in a city and, and getting on stage. Now, when I say that though, I tend to see now that there are a lot of women who do talk about their sexuality on stage, mm-hmm. which I think is really, I can't do it. It doesn't work for me. It's just not in my nature. That's just not, but I'm really proud of women to be able to talk mm-hmm. about who they are and find their voice. Do you feel though, as, as, cause I think all of you, I mean, Justine and I did, we have a little bit of a different thing because we did dirty, sexy, funny together, which I'm not dirty. I just swore. <laughs> Wait, by the way, do you think mm-hmm. swearing is dirty or is it sex that's dirty? That's another thing you can answer mm-hmm. within this. But yeah. um, I just did my same act and swore and tricked people. Um, but do you feel that pressure? Because a lot of people now think that all female comedians talk about sex and their vaginas and all this. What What do you guys think? Or, or am I completely off base? Because that's what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think you're off base at all. Um I definitely, if I'm doing something dirty, I just want to make sure it's smart. And I'm, I'm like, where is it coming from? Is it coming from a place of truth? Is it coming from, uh, you know, a place of not a place of just like, I'm saying this because I'm saying Dick and that gets a laugh from, you know, I I want it to be about good joke, always just good joke writing and good delivery. And I don't ever want to get into a habit of like, yeah, it's easy to say like tit, you know, like there are certain things that you can say that inherently are funny. So I never want to get into the trap of just being like, so I was blowing this guy like and, and just mm-hmm. of of the thing being fun. like I want it to come from my point of view of the situation and my writing. So I've gone back and forth, you know, for Dirty, Sexy, Funny. I mimed a hand job that was from a true horrific hand job experience I had. <laughs> right. That was terrible that I that, you know, was my then that was my closer for a long time. And then since then, I've kind of moved out of that just because I do know that a lot of female comics get this bad rap of like, oh, they just talk about their vaginas all the time. And it's like, as long as it's funny and smart and, you know, it's it's not just like we're saying dick and that's the whole joke. I'm I'm okay with it. And I kind of go back and forth. But I do often try and challenge myself because I like to swear I've I'm just inherently I went to an all girls school. So we were a little my group of friends were dirty. We were like the boys of the school. (laughs) So I, that is kind of who I am a little bit, but I do try and just always check myself and make sure that it's not just like, oh, it's just me saying this foul word. That is the the funny thing. Like I try and make sure there's always a little bit of a twist or an edge or that my, it's my point of view. That is the joke and not just the word or the act or the, you know, the sexual nature of it in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Angel, what do you, I mean, cause I, granted, I, I love that you say that Justine, because also your life grows and you have more experience in life to talk mm-hmm. about than just mm-hmm. those things. So Angel, what, I mean, I know you talk a lot about being a teacher and all that other stuff yeah. So clearly, and I have seen you work a lot. I just have seen you work in a place where we need to be clean. So yeah. I mean, um, because I am clean. Um, my thing is um, I am just as much a teacher as I am a comedian. I'm one of those ones who, you know, I feel like both of these are my callings and purpose in life. So one thing just simple for me, I don't ever want my students past, present, former to Google me (laughs) 
and be like, Miss Gaines, because I don't care how old you are. If you hear your third grade teacher talking about all <laughs> sex, you're going to be traumatized, okay? That's why I was clean, because my father was a big man, and I didn't care how old I was. He said, what I got me. After. Yeah, but I just support, I honestly support a woman's right to talk about any life experience she wants to mm. and understand. I come into it understanding we're in a club that we weren't supposed to be in anyway. So they will always find something to say about a woman in comedy. She's to this, not enough of that. She's to this. This is just how it is when it's uh, institutionalized sexism. I mean, that's what it is, well, right? Truth. And I, I mean, I can tell you from my own experience when I was on Last Comic Standing, mm-hmm. We had all these people. It was wonderful. It was a great time. I was on 2004. We had 18 million people. But the biggest criticism about me was they kept saying, oh, all she talks about is being Italian. And I was thrilled because I was like, wow, you didn't even notice I was a woman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you had if you had changed it and did some of your other stuff about being a mom or something, Tammy, it, would, it still would have been. Well, I wasn't a mom then, so it would have been weird. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And and quite frankly, I did change it, but they only played those things because all yeah. those things are fake. And but, um, that's what they wanted to do because Sopranos was hot at the time. Yeah. Well, how do you, Mary, how do you feel about, I mean, you're clean, aren't you, for the most part? I am. I'm really clean. I'm, and I have very similar views of what you guys just laid down. But what I have noticed this year that's different is... Um, I, I, I will teach, right. I'll be teaching in comedy. And I noticed some of my students who are younger, their view of what's dirty is not the same. And I kind of had to check myself because I would kind of clench up. And then I realized I'd even talk to my daughter who's 15 and I'd tell her a term or a saying or something. She's like, yeah, mom, that's no big deal. I was like, (laughs) oh, I need to kind of evolve and grow and change here because I think I'm always thinking, well, don't you want to get on TV? Well, maybe not everybody is that way. You know what I mean? Maybe TV uh, has changed and TV has changed. Exactly. So I think I've had to just take away some of the judgments of even just hanging out in a comedy club, right? Like a lot Mm -hmm. of times I'll be like, oh, this is really foul. This isn't for me. And then I'll be like, wait, this is really funny. Oh my God, this is hilarious. And kind of, you know, just know that everyone's different, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, like, one of the things that I have been really blessed in, in my career, was to have like helping hands from people. If it wasn't for guys like Dom Irera, or DL Hughley, or John Panette, or George Lopez, I wouldn't have a career because they took me and brought me on the road. Now, for the longest time, uh, Kathleen Madigan was one of my best friends, but I never had a lot of help. I'll be really honest for from any female comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Jenny McCarthy did for us and putting us together and putting us on Sirius XM and helping with that was the first time that a female artist had ever really helped me. And I have to say that was pretty amazing. Yeah. So what about you guys? Have you ever, I mean, I had the opposite, quite honestly. I had a woman when I first started, she was a headliner and I was so excited to work with her. And when I got on off the stage, she told me, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. I had six minutes to open with. I had to cut it down to like a sip of water and a cough. Like, you know, <laughs> like, 
and repeat. Oh, did I say that before? So yeah. I'm wondering, I mean, and I found a lot of camaraderie with women, but I'm just saying we all kind of were of the same ilk. Has there been any woman who has reached out to any of you guys and helped you in your career? Absolutely. And I'll jump in because I want to sing her praises. Daphne Springs mm. was the one for me who is why I'm even on this platform to meet Pat, to meet Brian Kylie, to, to all of that. Um, she brought me to comedy and magic and she's like, Angel, you're really funny. I, I literally came into the green room and I was like this, like, um, oh. were, and the waitress was like, do you want something to eat? I looked at the prices. I was like, Hey, no. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, like bring for that. <laughs> yeah, they were like, Daphne was like, you're acting weird. Like, it's, it's comp. I'm like, no, I was like, not little old me. I just can't. So I really appreciate her having the confidence in me to go, here you go, you know, let's try this. And then, you know, there's Mary, Mary um, Gallagher right there who put me in her uh, short. And then um, Dana Eagle, who, so I really honestly am very fortunate that, the hands that are always reaching for me the longest are women in comedy who That's then right. introduce me to their male, you know, comedy yeah. friends too. And I, I want to be clear. It's not about like now, because now I have great friends with Caroline Ray and Mary Lynn Ricekub and, and all, you know, Jackie, uh, Jackie Cation and Bonnie Farland, mm -hmm. Jessica, they're all great women and they've all, but we were all coming up together. Together, so, right. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're yeah. Thing. So but what about Mary for you who reached out? Yeah, to you? Uh, you know, I, I realized a couple of years ago, everyone I liked was a male. All my all of my favorites were males. And I was like, OK, what's going on in comedy? Then I realized I wasn't even thinking of the women that I like so much, you know. So when I was in an interview and someone would ask me, I was like, let me take a moment to remember all the women that I like just as much as the men. So I kind of realized that I was almost part of the problem, you know, of why are we not talking about women? But it was, um, it was Karen Rontowski who oh, went, and I know, you know, her Tammy, when I, um, when I thought that I was ready for late night, I had so many men kind of advising me and I would go to them and they'd give me really great advice. And I was like, I want to talk to a woman who's been on late night. I, I, I want to see, is it any different? And the only one that I really could think of that, that I could contact was Karen Rontowski. And when I went and met with her about being on late night, she was like, I, she said she'd watch my tape and give me notes. And I went to meet with her and she was like, what do you need from me? You're ready. And like, I kind of knew that. And it was interesting that I needed some other woman to mm -hmm. tell me, to give me permission to send in the tape when I'm sure I already knew that. So I don't know. It's just it, the whole thing fascinates me, but she has been a, a huge help to me. I love that. I love Karen is an amazing person. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what about you, Justine? So I would say when I first started, two women stick out to me. Obviously, Jenny goes without saying. Um, but yeah. when I first started, I was, I just, I'm OCD. I just dive right in and get really crazy about it. So I was doing like tons of any open mic I could do. I was going to all these shows and watching. And I remember I saw, this is how long ago it was. Whitney Cummings was hosting a show at the improv. She was hosting. So it was before Chelsea. It was before any of that. I think she was three years in. I had just started and I went up to her after and I was just like, this girl's amazing. And I went up to her and I said, you're so incredible. Do you have any advice? And she was like, take my email. And she like 
it, we emailed a bunch. She gave me notes on, on my set and she didn't know me. I was a total stranger. So I will always think fondly of her for doing that because she did not need to do that. She watched several sets, gave lots of good notes, was very encouraging, always very encouraging when I would see her at the comedy store and stuff. And then Lisa Sunstead, I remember I was at a show and it was a pretty funny women's show. And okay. I was like, I was like, how do you get to do this show? And someone was like, oh, you have to take Lisa's class. And again, I'm psycho. So I'm like, I'll do anything. I want any of the stage time that I can do. I'll do an alley if I can. Um, <laughs> and so I, uh, I took Lisa's class and, um, and, and she was great. And then she, um, you know, she really took me under her wing. She brought me to Temecula to open for her and host for her and Liz Feldman. She, she brought me a few times down there. She was managing me for a little while early on in my career. She was just very encouraging and really made me feel like she saw something in me and that other people might see something in me too. So, Oh, I think that's awesome. It's wonderful to see those things. I will have to say, I, I did forget someone who, there was a woman named Diana Limo. She passed away. She was a Chicago comic and I wouldn't have been able to play Chicago if it wasn't for her because she allowed me to stay on her couch because mm -hmm. they didn't put people up in condos. So mm -hmm. uh, shout out to Diane, God, God rest mm -hmm. her. Folks. It was pretty amazing. You know, I think that that's one of the things that I had to adjust my thinking because early on, there would only be one woman allowed in the new faces or one woman allowed. in, and so they really kind of pitted us against each other. And mm -hmm. I'm not, a, am I'm, I'm not a competitive, I'm competitive within myself, mm -hmm. but I'm not competitive within girls. I've never been a jealous person because I grew up with all boys. And I think jealousy is something that's not inherent necessarily to males. Mm -hmm. They have a different kind of jealousy. So I, I, and I don't mean that in an insulting way, but I feel in a way I had to learn, I had to learn as a grown woman, it's a, it embrace all these beautiful women, all these funny women that are in this industry. Their success doesn't mean that you are unsuccessful. Mm -hmm. It taught me that I, that a woman in a successful position can, is just breaking through for me, helps me to get a chance. And I think that those are things that I was really lucky to learn before I ever got to Los Angeles. So mm -hmm. when you say something, the world will try to pit women against each other. Mm -hmm. You could give facts again, talking between two women and some man will go, Oh, it's a cat fight. Yeah. Or it's a, you know, or you're just jealous. They break it down to like these bare essentials. So I was wondering, like, what about, what have you guys experienced? Set aside, we all know that the sexual harassment has been, it's, it's just a complete undercurrent. Mm -hmm. But has there been anything, like some of the hardest things for me had been female bookers, where there's a female booker right now that I know, um, she's actually now no longer part of the business, thank God. But I found out recently that she paid my male counterpart. I have four tonight shows to his one. I have three hour specials to his one. I have four times the amount of money that she paid me. Now, my only recourse to that is just to say, no, I should, I shouldn't have worked those clubs, but I never knew that because they don't tell us salaries right. people like people. So is there anybody that held you like, has there been a, a woman or it doesn't have to be a woman that has said something to you derogatory because you were a woman. Hmm. Let's go. I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? Like I last comic standing, 
Uh, and Jay Moore knows this. It's the truth. He walked into the dressing room for Kathleen and I and said, we were down to the top five. And he said, a woman will never win this show. Mm. The advertisers don't want a woman to win this show. Right. So that was like heartbreaking. I was like, you never know. And he was like, no, I know. <laughs> I was like, what? So it, that was the, that could never be done in this day and age. Yeah. Right. I would say that I just remember seeing seeing that being done to others, like that episode with Ada Rodriguez and Zainab on Last Comic Standing and Keenan Ivory Wayans saying, you know, you're too beautiful to be doing comedy. Yeah. You know, I things like that stick with me. And I think my mindset is I got advice long time ago, which was and I took it to heart, which was from a comedian named Daryl Heath. And he would say, go and be funny be undeniably funny and you'll work. Like, mm-hmm. don't worry about the politics. Don't mm-hmm. try to start, just, just be undeniably funny, they'll come. So I just focused on rocking the crowd, rocking the crowd, being funny, being funny. And I, I feel like maybe these things are being said to me, but because I am so focused on other things, they're not penetrating my spirit, okay. is, if that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. if somebody, yeah, if somebody came up to me today and say, you know, the show that you did the other day, you know, XYZ comic got paid three times as you, I would look at that as faulty business practices with the person and not so much as me being a woman, which could have everything to about me being a woman. But like I said, I tried to build in this business that Teflon to only focus on the art and then have my life separate and understand that the business is going to be the business. It's going to be shadiness. It's going to be. You have something else that is very admirable that I did not have. You Mm -hmm. said you are just as much a teacher as you are a comic. Mm -hmm. I, for me, I was just a comic. That was Mm -hmm. it. That was, that was all I had. And which was why in 2020, when the world shut down, my identity was shook. Mm-hmm. Because yes, I'm a mom and a wife and we got that. And that's simple. I found a way to do that. But when you took the comedy out of me, that was just as much a part of me as anything else in my life. It was like, I can't be a comic anymore. Did you guys feel that 2020 hit? And and if so, like, were you worried that you might not ever get back on stage again, the way the world was? I um I wasn't worried that I wouldn't get back on stage. I just I tried to just focus my energy in other ways. Like I started a podcast. I wrote some scripts. You know, I just kind of tried to keep the comedy chops up in other ways that were available to me. I um yeah, I I feel like and then, you know, the occasional Zoom show now and then, but it was definitely difficult. I really get what you're saying with the it's it's kind of like when the world shuts down and your identity is so wrapped up in being a comic, being on stage every night. This is who I am. I almost it was kind of nice to have that reality check of like, oh, I'm I'm more than just a comic. I shouldn't mm-hmm. be so tied to this business and whether or not I'm hot one day and not the next. And it really for me kind of helped me get my power back and just seeing that there's such a bigger world than this small little industry that we're in in retrospect Mm -hmm. it's you know small small and uh I would say I I kind of like like the benefits that came with it of just knowing who I am more and my value more and not needing that external 
validation so much and just like taking some time to look at myself and and being able to validate from within and not needing it from That's outside it. sources. That's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is phenomenal. Uh, you guys, I mean, any thoughts about the 2020, Mary? Same as Justine. I really appreciated the pause. It gave me room to find authenticity within myself. And now I feel like it's just going to keep evolving from there. I feel like things are going to constantly keep changing now for us, right? We think the clubs are open, then they're not, then they are. Mm-hmm. So for, for me, I have, I know I'm growing more now than ever before because I have been asked to change or, or maybe I've changed myself, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I completely agree. It felt like I was chasing before, like, well, this is the way we do it. These are the clubs. These are the dudes. And now it feels like my, uh, you know, my choice has been, oh, what am I going to create that is in my realm? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think I could only have done that with kind of a, a, a time where we slowed down for a second. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. I'm yeah. So you, uh, I just want to jump in with mine real quick, guys, because 2020, hear me out. I was like, you are not going to catch me like I got caught with Vine and Facebook and YouTube. Remember <laughs> when all that social media started right. popping? And I was like, that's not going to last. I'm not going to make videos. And all our comrades got 5 million plus followers, right? And they right. can Listen, sell out shows. I got 300,000 MySpace followers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, no. Let me tell you something. I got my Keurig. I got me a cup of coffee and I sat my behind down in front of YouTube and I learned how to work Zoom. I learned how to uh, edit uh, iMovie. I I was like, this divide is not going to catch me because I knew that if we shut down and had this gap, that people are so creative, companies and everything, they're they're moving at light speed. When we come out of this, you're going to need technology skills. And sure Mm -hmm. enough, in acting, we're self-taping. We're self-submitting, we're editing, we're doing all of that. And I was like, yes, I'm not behind the curve, right? So I I created, yeah, I created a a YouTube series called Crafts and Labs. And um, uh, we just talked about it, Ron Toski, she she makes these bottles. I don't know if you know, but it was a show to show how creative uh, comics are with, you know, physical, uh, visual arts. So you just have hey, to. Like, I do that. I, I put tape on bottles and shoe polish them up. <laughs> well, we gonna have you. It's it's host. Look, Tammy, it's hosted by myself and Dana Eagle, and it is hysterical because it's comedy comedians having cocktails and trying to make arts and crafts. It's the that most funny, fun. That yeah, amazing. Well, all right. So let's just we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here in a little bit. I mean, and this is I love. First of all, thank you all for doing this. I appreciate it. I know if I've been rough at certain points, I'm not a host. Oh, you're so, doing great. What are you talking you're the about, best, Tammy? Great. We're trying to figure it out, but you know, look, I think that I was always, I wasn't always funny, but I was always sarcastic. Mm-hmm. And people say like, what was your first joke? My first joke wasn't actually, I didn't know it was a joke. Uh, it was just really a deflection because I was a young girl who had large sea breasts and I'd go out to a nightclub and people would ask, especially in that time, are those real? And I would say, if I'd have had that kind of money, don't you think I'd have had my nose fixed first? 
Which That's eventually great. evolved into, I have the money now. I just don't want to lose the joke, you know? So like, it, it became like a harder. It was fun. But what was each of your first jokes? Do you remember? I am not allowing myself to go there. They were so bad. <laughs> I know. Well, <laughs> I, yeah. Me, it's okay. Me do it. That's the whole point. Like, go ahead, Justine. Go ahead. Well, I'm trying to think of what the first one where I got like a laugh. Oh, I mean, one of my first ones, I don't think it was my very first, but it was my first that was like super solid, worked all the time was I, I, you know, I never know if I'm on a date or not. I never know what to wear, which is why I usually just throw on a wedding dress and hope for the best. (laughs) (laughs) And that was my opener for years. (laughs) Okay, I'll go put myself out there. First of all, Urban Comedy 101, you have to have white people do this and black people do that. (laughs) (laughs) And 94, that's just what you do. And it was the just the lamest of I went to a white aerobics class and she was doing like this. (laughs) And then I went to the black one and she was like, one, two, pump it, you know. Thank God for the evolution. Thank you, Lord. I'm in gratitude. And the revolution. (laughs) Is there a line? Like, I wrote a joke once that now I never used because it didn't blend in my act. But now for sure would never, ever work. But I once wrote this joke. I was single and I was living in Cleveland. And I found out that Cleveland had the lowest percentage of single people, but the highest percentage of date rate. So it said, um, I might not get a date, but I'll probably get laid. And <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh, okay. Now I, but I knew that it just never really worked in my act. Is there a joke in your head that you know that you shouldn't do, but you wrote and it's sitting back there? So I guess that just leaves to Justine and Angel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why? Because yeah. you don't want another one from Mary? Yeah. <laughs> well, Mary, that's the beauty of comedy right now is is really that that honesty. You know, look, I just started a show called Cancel This Comedy Tour where it's it's myself and Alonzo Bowden and Mitch Fatel, mm-hmm. just the three of us for right now, but we're gonna sub a lot of people in. And it's a brand. But the idea is is that look, we we do our acts and then we tell jokes that you're not allowed to tell anymore for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And we do it in a way that explain we have to explain why and how things have been a uh, uh you know presented to us or why we've grown or whatever the case may be. And it's not in a political or racial mm-hmm. or religious connotation. It's just that some jokes aren't appropriate anymore. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And I think, is it ever inappropriate for a comic to cross that line? You know, I am an advocate for line crossing. So my thing is cross as many lines as your butt can handle the heat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think the one thing it's got to be funny, (laughs) you know, like like there have been a few thing people who have been, you know, called out or whatever and some of the stuff it wasn't funny but it was trying to be passed off as a joke and I'm just like cross a line if it's funny and like Angel is saying you're willing to take the heat for it and you can handle it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well I, I when I Mitzi uh Mitzi Shore brought me into the store and she was the one who would tell you say whatever's on your mind and sometimes you run that risk it's like fashion comedy and fashion go hand in hand because mm. 
the people who are on the best dressed fashion list are also on the worst dressed nine times right. out of 10 because mm-hmm. you have to take that risk. It's a mm-hmm. swing and a miss sometimes, you know, but mm-hmm. then sometimes it's a home run. So you have to figure that out. Sure. I think for me, I had, um, let's talk about a swing and a miss. You want to see one of my first headshots? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she said a swing and a miss. <laughs> this was a swing and a miss. So remember the days. For okay. me, when I started, you had to have a pal in comedy because you had to get two VCRs together to create a VCR. Justine, a VCR was a tape that we used uh, to use. Uh, <laughs> I want a VCR. I am, no, I'm, thir- I'm 36, so I do remember a VCR. Know, baby. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we had to, and you you put a package together. They had a book that would that came out. It was like 120 bucks. And we all went in on this book that had all the address of all the comedy clubs. So you put a package together, you put your videotape, you put your headshot and resume, and you had to do something special. I knew people that put money in $5, $10. So <laughs> people would watch it because they didn't always watch the submitted tapes. Mm-hmm. So I took a picture that I thought, I loved Janet Jackson. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. And I thought I was <laughs> I really see where this is going. This my little postcard. Okay. Oh, well, I wanted God, to yes. do, I want, I'll show you the picture and then I'll tell you what I wanted to do. And then I chickened <laughs> out. I thought my father would kill me. So I did these little, you see that little vest? Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Hell yes. I wanted to do the cover of Rolling Stone and yeah. have house hand over my boobs. Yeah. But I knew my father would kill me. Ah. Uh, can I see your first headshots or something that you guys used? I know Absolutely. we Absolutely. I um so I I pulled out uh some headshots that I got done in Denver. So you know they were top notch, you guys. Uh this was the early 2000s. And so in Denver where I Oh god, let's see. Oh yeah, no. Virtual. Yeah, the virtual background. Oh no, the virtual. Yeah. Get your background off one, two, three. Hold Put on, it to your on. face. Oh, if I put it to my face well, <laughs> that way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Come close. Then, yeah. Okay. There you go. Wow. So they would do, a, they would do a, a main image, which is the close up one. And then they would do three character images on the back. So this is me. Like, I don't know what roles I'm trying to go out for here. Like sexy. Hey, I see a saved by the bell photo. Right All there. day. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's, it's like Saved by the Bell, uh, a young escort, uh, and like, <laughs> and like attorney at law, like the young, <laughs> vibrant attorney. I, I love it. I had, I had another set actually. I couldn't find that were actually my first, first ones. And there's one where I have a magician's hat and a wand and cards, and I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> so funny. The things we do. I know. <laughs> Mary, okay. do you have yours? Yeah. Uh, can I just say, how impressed am I with Angel telling Justine to put it on her face? That just shows I the know. kind of tech knowledge that Angel. Angel's been teaching herself over the Angel, pandemic. Angel, that's it. Which one it was good to you, Angel. Hell yeah. <laughs> Not leaving me behind no more. This is my first one. Ah, where I don't know. Like a senior photo. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and an agent said that she could, uh, if I could pretend to be uh, Latina, she would sell me that way. And <laughs> this is 30 years ago. But then I got into the more, oh, let me just put my foot up because I'm funny. Yes. Oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, that's picture, Mary. <laughs> What's that? 
I feel like I've seen that picture somewhere. Like yeah. I that's somewhere. uh that's Tom Lasher in Chicago. <laughs> you shot with him, Tammy. But and what's really funny is my daughter and I, we just bought Doc Martens that are exactly like the yeah. one I have on from oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Angel, let's see. You have okay. your so I have I kept this. This is my very first flyer. Yes. For Funny goodness. Yes. Look at that. Um, that's me there. <gasps> um, and it was at the comedy store. I didn't know then that the comedy store didn't hire me. This company did. <laughs> so, <laughs> so everybody, I'm at the comedy store. No, you're not, honey. You would. So it was so cool to keep this. It always keeps me humble. And this is the contact sheet from that photo shoot. Wow. <laughs> Wow. That great? Little girl. Yeah, I was 24. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I like that you got that flyer in your plastic protector because it's probably like in a, a binder, right? That you, yeah, I do that too. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. let me yeah. protect this for all time. Yeah. I have all of <laughs> Say it again. I said it's hard to figure out what to keep. Like, what is your yeah. official? I just keep the first. Like, I have my first. Um, what do you call the sheet? Uh, the call sheet. I have my first call sheet. I have my first script for my first audition. I just keep the first. That's good. Uh, That's yeah. good. All right. Well, so I'm going to ask you a crazy question. This is, we'll wrap it up. All right. But you know, we don't go on job interviews. We do auditions and no one really, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but no one really seems to take the time to delve into us. I think sometimes I think we give, Mm-hmm. And no one really, and that's okay. Cause that's the way we set it up. Right. But where do you see yourself? This is what they say in regular, regular, regular everyday citizen jobs. Where do you see yourself or maybe in, in a uh, singles uh, things? I don't know. I haven't been <laughs> so long, but it may happen soon. <laughs> um, where do you see yourself in five years? How about uh, Mary? You want to start? Sure. I see myself writing, producing, and directing my own content, screenplays and TV shows. That's phenomenal. I hope I, I agree with you that that's going to happen. Justine. I think, I mean, the same, the writing, producing, acting in my own content and touring and, and still doing my podcast, but it's just, you know, bigger and, and we're doing theaters and stuff, you know? Phenomenal. I, I agree yeah. All right, Angel. Okay, I have to go a different direction, guys, because in five years I got to be debt free. Ooh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> I don't care how. <laughs> <laughs> Writing, producing, stripping, booty shaking, whatever yeah. I take. That's <laughs> well, a done deal. I agree with you for that, and uh, we'll we'll let that be the closer. But how about you, say. Tammy? How about you, Tammy? Um, you know. I used to always say I wanted to be happy, um, but now I think I'd just like to die before my breasts hit the floor. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, I, I really, I want to finish my book. I've been trying this yeah. book for a long time and I have this script that it's sat in my head and I've always been afraid to push it through and I want to finish that and just staying relevant enough to be on the road, but only as much as I'd like. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to be, you know, every single weekend because I have this family that I don't want to lose out on. Mm -hmm. So I think, 
I want to be able to make my own decisions in this. And so whatever freedom that brings me, whether that's acting or getting another show from the house or whatever the case may, may be, whatever it takes for me to make my own decisions and they're not based on money, that would be terrific. Yeah. That's well, that's great. why these new platforms are so exciting too, yeah. right? For us to be able to connect like this now and digital comedy. And mm -hmm. I think it's a really exciting time when we look at all the opportunity that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because I'll be honest with you, for a little bit, I got nervous because I loved this great new forum for women. I was like, wow, they're finally taking female comedians seriously. And then I was like, well, they are, but no one wants to see a 52 year old woman. And then I'm like, okay, take that yes, out of your do. head. Yeah. See you if you're funny, keep yeah. being funny. And then they're going to want to see you. Yeah. Yeah. And you know? I was just going to comment on that. I saw Debbie Gutierrez the other night. I've been watching her for decades, right? She right. is off the hook with how, I mean, it, it was one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. And she's a grandmother, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and for me, it gave me a whole new sense of where I'm headed as opposed to what's behind me right. watching her. And, and, and A-list comics were going, how am I going to follow this woman tonight? And, and well, that was so exciting. I, it's exciting. I'm glad you said that because of what I will say is that the older you get, the more you know who you are. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's translated for me on stage. I may not be the funniest ever, but I'm the funniest I've ever been. Yes. So the more you push yeah. that and the more you embrace that. And I think that for me is why I just, but you have to, we're our own coaches and I have a tendency, I'm Italian. I'm, mm. you know, I have the tendency to go negative and go, Oh my God, as long as you can keep yourself on the right track. And now this camaraderie with women has been so amazing because I can say, Mary, what's it like to be a mom? And, and they're like, I'm going crazy because I'm missing all these football games. And I know I only have, you know, I only have four more summers. So four more football. Yeah. yeah. At home. So those are things. And, but I'm also glad that I'm doing it. You're doing it that we can show like Justine, when you get to have a kid, if that's what you want to do and have a kid, or if you don't, that's fine too. Cause I was fine without having a kid, mm -hmm. but then you can see when I got pregnant, there was really only two comics that I knew that were working at my level mm -hmm. and they stayed home when they, once they had kids or right. they up and became the mommy comics. When mm -hmm. I said I was pregnant, there was, I couldn't go at, go, Oh yeah. Roseanne was pregnant. Oh, Joan Rivers was pregnant. Okay. Well, they were multi-millionaires. Yeah, like, right. No one was at my love. So it was a really rough time. So I'm glad that we have each stage of the game right now for women to just get mm -hmm. out there and get what, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's totally. awesome. We have pregnant women doing specials, you know, yeah. Yeah. and mm -hmm. Ali Wong. It's, yeah. it's really yeah, great. Well, you know, the fact that Justine knows this to be fact, our old agent, Douglas Edley, I'll be straight up and say his name, said to me, oh, you're pregnant. Uh, what are you going to do? I never saw a pregnant woman on stage. And yeah. my response became a joke in my act. I said, well, apparently you've never been to a really bad strip club. <laughs> <laughs> but it, and you know what I do? I, I pull my situation into my act whenever I can, because I can't, I don't know how to maneuver without doing it that way. Like my, my daughter's 15, her and I just wrote and directed and produced a film that Angel stars in. Oh. It, it wasn't so much that I was dying to work with my daughter. It was that 
if I work with my daughter, my life will continue on in the way I need it to, which is, you know, work and play and education. I got to I got to keep bringing it all in because it's hard to separate these lives. Mm -hmm. And so I used to constantly take her to auditions with me. Now I take her to the club. I'm like, come on, you're going to the club. And, you know, she has she has her own life, believe me. But I just got to pull everybody around into me because the otherwise stuff isn't going to get done. Yeah. I love it. I love and it. You know, okay. No, I was just going to add lastly that for me, going to life coaching and things like that, where you are around coaches who teach you how to create your own destiny and create your own life has helped me tremendously. I go to Richard Lawson uh, acting studios. And one thing that we do is called a declaration of independence, where he wants you to write out every single thing that you want to produce, create, and just start creating um, little goals and, and action lists to, to match those. I want women in comedy to definitely shed away from trying to um, redo the career of Joan Rivers or redo the career of all the obstacles the ones before us had. Because with technology, with all of these platforms, with so much you know, at our hands and fingertips, we are really in control of our own destiny. Mm-hmm. So we are definitely looking to see a 52 year old Tammy do her thing That's and right. do a sitcom and star because these are the women who we, if we look in our childhood and look on television, that was the age range and the wisdom that we yeah. gathered from sitcoms. Yeah. And look yeah. at Gene, Gene Smart double. Oh God. Perhaps. So good. If we don't give voice, then the people who don't do comedy and aren't out there, then they have no one to watch. There is yeah. no voice for well, them. Truth, and we have to just keep moving forward no matter what. Like, I don't have any other marketable skills. So this is, people are going to get it whether they want it or not. Show <laughs> <laughs> up. So, all right. So real quick, I think what we'll do is um, maybe Pat, are you there? We can add how you can find and follow everybody, but. I just want to say a, a huge thank you to Mary Gallagher, Justine Marino, Angel Gaines, and Pat. Thank you so much, Pat Truer. Thank you for having me as the host of the show. I was so honored and I've learned so much from each of these women. So thank you all. Mm. Oh, absolutely, Tammy. That was fantastic. Everyone, that was amazing. I've just, uh, just that was one of the best things I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> so uh, thank you, everyone. And you know what? I would like everybody to just go around for our listeners. And uh, if you could just give your own plug, whatever you'd like it to be, just a quick round robin of where people can find you, uh, where they can watch the projects you're working on, or anything else that you'd like to have so they can find you. Awesome. Well, I- Go ahead. I was saying that you could put it. Will you also put it in the bottom then for me? That'd be great. The, um, but, uh, you know, I just have um, a new special that came out last year, of course. Uh, of course, it lets me. It just fell apart. Um, <laughs> uh, it's called the Way After School Special. I went back to my old high school to, to prove to my guidance counselor that I actually would be on television one day, despite what she told me. And I was going to have her introduce me and she was dead. So, uh, <laughs> So I guess, you know, revenge is not best served cold, but, uh, and then I, uh, I'm, uh, I, I'm also, there's a movie that I starred in called, uh, that's Amore that's on there. So that's for me, Mary. Awesome. Uh, on social media, I'm my friend, Mary. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And And thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Justine. 
Um, yeah, I, on Instagram, I'm at Justine Machine One, the number one. And my podcast is called Glitter and Garbage. It's a pop culture <laughs> podcast and it's very fun. And um, you can watch my show, The Funny Dance Show on E! Online uh, or the NBC app. So check it out. It was very fun. Awesome. And I guess I'm last but not least um, I'm <laughs> on social network. I am at the angel games. Just put the angel games and you can find me angelgames.com. Uh, coming up. I have the Burbank laugh festival coming up. And also you can uh, again, find me on YouTube with uh, crafts and laughs with Dana Eagle, our little fun zany uh, crafts and laughter. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm going to be on an episode with. My you have dad. to. Oh, my God. That's going to be so funny. Tammy, what will you make with popsicles? Uh, no, popsicles. You want me to do something? I'll come up with some popsicles. Trust me. Uh, I, I, was, I was I was thinking maybe Tammy painted that still life behind her. Oh, oh. My actual dining room. But I took a picture of it and use it for my Zoom background because I wanted to. It's my real housewife look. Uh, <laughs> you know how they take their own pictures yes. houses. this i did because in case my house is ever dirty no one <laughs> that's why i'm on the beach right now yeah yeah like when angel was like justine just take down your background and show us the photo who <laughs> knows what could be back there in Zoom. just like dead bodies everywhere yeah. i'm like oh guys ladies ladies you need to graduate in your comedy careers and get the pat truer red yeah. curtain i do uh, well i can hold on Hold on, don't kid yourself. I can, uh, I got it. I got a lot of my Zoom backgrounds here, just so you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you there's definitely, there's that. There you ah, go. All right. And I got, um, I got, I have my, the little have, short lived podcast I did. Oh, okay. So, Pat, we have in virtual background wars. Look, I okay. Have, but, but, but I can take it, I can take it there. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? With the brick wall, with the brick wall <laughs> at the comedy club. Hey, Got how you doing? There's oh, my yeah. <laughs> Yes. Oh, okay. Got Tammy. it. So Tammy, but are you at the club though? Hey, hey. hey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, I'm in the intro to Saturday Night Live now, you guys. Whoa. Oh, you are Saturday you Night Live. It's just <laughs> I love that one. That's awesome. This is a fun oh, distracting uh, for a podcast, though. That <laughs> is so funny. We the got it. All right. Well, thank you so much. You look, you lovely, lovely, amazingly funny, hilarious ladies. Thank you so much. Thank, and thank you, you, Tammy. Thanks, 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 thanks for having us, Pat. Thank you. Pat, thank you, can Pat. I say it? Pat, can I say it? You can say, I hope, whatever okay. you like. Hey, everybody. Thank you. This has been a great show. Comedians, you can sign off now. <laughs> I'll add the bell for you, buddy. <laughs> oh, so much. Uh, Mary, Justine, Angel, and Tammy, thank you very, very much for doing this. This is, I know this is going to help a lot of comedians and is very insightful for anybody who never takes the stage. Uh, thank you so much for all your time. I admire all of you. Uh, could not make me happier. Personally, I learned a lot as well. So for our listeners, everyone, every Friday, we got a new release. Upcoming episodes include uh, opportunities and how to create them for yourself, as well as what it's like doing a, a late night set and the series of events that happen to make that event happen in your life so of the comics by the comics for the comics check us out on instagram of the comics is our handle or our website of the comics podcast.com that is of the comics podcast.com 
Tammy, you did a great job hosting. Tammy. And Justine and Mary, amazing guests. Thank you so much, everyone. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.